There's nothing like praise. Pardon? There's nothing like praise, eh? I was, just, I was just thinking when we were praising the Lord just back there. And, and the Bible says that God enthrones the praises of his people. You know what that word enthrone means? Ah. It's interesting, isn't it? It means God comes within in his people and sits with his people. Right now, you don't know that, and a lot of you don't believe what I'm saying, but God's in this place. And he's sat, enthroned, he's in his gear, whatever that is. I guess he's got a crown on his nut, but it, it, it is his ear. The Bible says so. That's exciting, isn't it? How many people love Jesus? Yeah. Hey, ooh, ooh, did somebody didn't put their hand up there. Just, 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 let me, just let me read the scripture. This, every now and then, I was telling them this morning, early on, just about, um, uh, I get these scriptures every now and then, and they, it, like, they like light up, you know? Well, this is one of them. Yeah, isn't that exciting? No, it's not. Okay. It's, it, this is, it's a good one. It's a really good scripture. I'll just, I'll just get it. Then I'm going to tell my, uh, my story, how I came to the Lord and all that stuff. That'll be good. But, but, but this is it. It's, it's in Song of Solomon. I, I, never, I can never get me, me brain around the Song of Solomon. It took me years and years and years to do it. You know, because I thought, oh, it's a bit like, it's a bit like sloppy. You know, it's about a man and a woman and loving each other, but it, it is actually about Jesus and his church, you see. And, and listen to this. When I read this, I started crying. I want to tell you that. It's in the, the Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 3, verse 4. It says this, he said, it, 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 just before that, I'll just fill you in. Just before what I'm going to read you, the bride, it says the bridegroom has gone away. Jesus has gone away. Well, he went away, you know. He's away right now. He's away in, he's away in heaven right now, yeah? After he, he, he got crucified, he went away on a cloud. And he's in heaven. He's away right now. So this is very appropriate for what I'm saying. And so he's away right now. And we're waiting for him, or should be. Uh, anticipating, the Bible said, we should be anticipating his return. I could be here all day on this. Uh, anyway, this is what it says. I, w- I want you to really be, be tested by this, and then I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to uh, lace my shoelace. <laughs> Blow you. I might trip over it, you know. Oh, mate, I would look silly then. I used to be a professional footballer. You'll, you'll find out. And so you, you don't want professional footballers tripping up, do you? Yeah, I bet you've never had that. No. Anyway, this is what it says. This is what it says. It says, in verse 4, it says, this is, this is like us, to, us speaking. This is us. We're the, we're, we're the bride of Christ. This, this is us. Scarcely had I passed by them when I found the one I love. That's Jesus. I held him and would not let him go. Isn't that awesome? I could leave now and that would be enough. I held him and would not let him go. Do you, when do you feel like that? That's it. That's what this is all about. 
It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. I, I remember when I was a, a young guy, and I was born in a place called Newton. It, I burned, well, you'll not know where it is, but um, it's about three miles from Mansfield. Do you know where Mansfield is? And I, I was born there, and I, I was always interested in football. And uh, I loved football right from being a kid, and, and my dad were worse than me. My dad, um, he, he loves, loved football and wanted me to be a footballer, you know. And um, my dad had an accident when he was in, working, in, he, he, he was training to be an engineer, and he got his, his left leg removed by two buckets that met each other. And so my dad's plan was to have a boy. He'd already had two girls. And uh, our son, uh, where are you, son? She's not here. She's here somewhere. And um, he, he was down the pit and, and training to be an engineer. And the two things got his, the two buckets got his leg and chopped it off. And my dad's plan was to have two girls and keep going till he had a boy. <laughs> and, and I was the boy. You know, I was the third one, and, and uh, right from being like that, I was kicking a, kicking a football. And, and I remember, as a kid, uh, I can remember when the boots came in, you know, Adidas boots. Yeah. And it wasn't like it is today in them days. They, they weren't any of that kind of stuff. In fact, in fact, the boots used to come, can everybody see this? The boots used to come up here, like that. Yeah, they did. Now, they're back in fashion now, but... But they used, to, they used to come right up there and, and all of a sudden somebody made a pair of these continental football boots and they had three stripes on them. And I saw these boots and I wanted a pair of these boots like nothing else in this world. I was determined. I remember a guy who he, he lived in a little village uh, in a place called um, uh, Be Winning. Anybody, anybody heard of that? No. <laughs> Be Winning. It's not far away from here. And, and uh, it's, it's a spectacular place, isn't it? <laughs> masses of things to do there, I'll tell you. Yeah, masses of things to do, honestly. Yeah, yeah they nearly built a school once. They, 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 yeah, and, 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 and what happened was that, that this guy had a pair of Puma boots. Now, this is the first time you've ever seen these things, right from Germany, you know. And uh, he had a, they cost 19 and sixpence. These boots. I remember he says, the 19 and 6 And I went, oh, man, look at them. And all the kids come around to have a look at these boots. All the kids from the village were all looking at these boots, admiring them. And I remember one day, I wanted a pair of Adidas boots, a three stripes. In fact, with my old boots, I, I, I got the paint out one day. and <laughs> You did that, didn't you? Hey, look, he did that as well. He's done that. Yeah. And so, and, and so I wanted a pair of these boots. And I remember walking in one day uh, into the kitchen and my mum was stood there with this blue box. And, and even the box had three stripes on it. I knew, I knew what they were, you know. And I, I thought, wow, you know, this is it. This is, there's nothing else in the world that matters. This is it. I felt this was it. Once I got a pair of these boots, there'd be nothing else that I'd ever ask for, ever want, and ever need. And I remember getting them, and I remember looking at them, and 
old in him and hug in him and yeah I did I, I, I slept with him first night <laughs> but, do, but do you know like I, I, I played with them they were good boots you, you wouldn't get any better boots on the market at that time they were great boots but, but they weren't it three weeks later I walked in opened the cubby door and there they were resting my gear I put them in there I mean I used them but I put them in there they weren't it I thought they were it but they weren't it because there's always something missing and if you read one of the great people in the book of the Bible is Solomon I don't even know that Solomon's got saved I honestly don't. But I, I must have learned more of King Solomon than anybody else. He was an incredible guy. He's a guy who had everything. He had everything you could ever hope for, everything you could ever wish for. And have you read the book of Ecclesiastes? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me just read you this, the, the, my scripture, really. Which means, he says this in... Um, in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and 14, he says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is man's all. What a piece of scripture. From a guy who has done everything, is the, is the richest man the world has ever known. He had everything you could wish for. Have a read of it when you get home. Book of Ecclesiastes, it's all a waste of time. It's all a waste of time. You see, same as these boots of mine. I thought they were it, but they weren't it. There's only Jesus can be it. He's the only thing that can fill that void that is missing in everybody's life. There's nobody else can fill it, only Jesus. It's only him. And it's when you find him that you find life. We had a great message last Sunday night at Mansfield on life. And that's what we find when we find Jesus. We find life. You see, I thought getting these boots were it, but it wasn't it. And I thought, well, if this isn't it, what is it? And I'd always wanted to be a professional soccer player. That was my dream, that was my desire, to be a professional soccer player. If anybody had ever asked me on the streets, just as a kid growing up, they'd say, what are you going to be when you grow up, Dougie? And I'd say, I'm going to be a professional soccer player. And of course, when I picked them up off the floor, after they were laughing, they said, do you realize there's not many people become professional soccer players? I said, well, I am. And, and one day I got the opportunity to be, to be one. I was playing with a, just a, a youth team called Pinkston. <laughs> Newton, Pinkston, also like I'm getting around them all, I'll tell you. Yeah. I want to tell you this. I, I went to school here for two years, Ilkeston. What about that? that? That deserved a clap, I'm sure. Does it not? I was the worst. They said I wasn't the best. I, I was the worst they'd ever seen here. That wasn't very encouraging, was it? No. I said, well, that's because I'm going to be a footballer. <laughs> And he laughed. 
But, but when I was about 15, I was playing with this team called Pinkston, and this, this scout came from Rotherham United, and, it, and he came to look at another player. And he saw me, and, and that was it. That was the start of my soccer career, you know. And uh, th I went from there to Grimsby Town. I stayed at Grimsby for five years. Then I, I went to Burnley for um, nine years. I played in the first division, which is the premier division now. And um, I stayed there for nine years, a professional soccer player. I was a professional soccer player and coach for 25 years. And I, I remember having exact, that same exact feeling as I had with them boots. I wanted to be a professional soccer player. I thought if, if I could be a professional soccer player, that would be it. I wouldn't want anything else. That would do me. I'd be satisfied. But, but I wasn't. I was like King Solomon. I hadn't found it yet. You know? You've got to find it. You know, Jesus says in John 3 to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You've got to be born again. That spark of the Spirit of God that's in you has got to spark. And you've got to be born again. You can't just come to church. Church ain't enough. You've got to be born again. You've got to know Jesus and love Jesus and find Jesus. And, that, and that's it. And, that, and, and that's what, what wasn't in my life. And if you'd have looked at me, I want to tell you, if you'd have looked at me, I had the cars, I had the women, I had the... Uh, uh, sorry, love. <laughs> I didn't have the women. Um, I had the cars. What, what were the other thing? I, I'm in trouble now, I'll tell you. Uh, I, I, had the, I had all the things. If you'd have looked at me, you'd have said, there's a, a man that's happy. You know, but I won't. There was something missing. I thought, I thought being a, a, a footballer was, was it. But it wasn't it. And you get to a stage in life when you start thinking, well, what is it? What, what can satisfy that thing that is there? What is it? It's not gardening, I'll tell you that. I hate gardening. But, but that's, that's how we feel without, without God, without Jesus. There's something missing. It's, and, and, it, and that thing needs filling. That's, that's what was the matter with me. Things no longer could satisfy me enough a new car or whatever it might be it'd do it for a couple of weeks but it wouldn't do it over the distance and, and you get to you get to stage when you think wow you know I mean I've pretty much done it all I wonder what it is and I thought I thought well the one thing I ain't done I never got married yet. That's what it is. Married. And, I, and I've got to tell you, I, I, there were a girl that I fancied, and she, was, she worked for me dad in Mansfield. And she, my dad was in real estate, and, and she worked for me dad, and I'd pop over there every now and then, just have a look at her, you see. <laughs> you know, she didn't know this, of course. And it's way back. It's way back when the hippies were going. This was there, you know, and I had all the gear in them days, you know what I mean? What we used to work. Can anybody remember the, the, the um, bell bottom golden pants? <laughs> like 64 inches at the bottom. You, you couldn't even see your shoes. Did anybody have a pair of them? Only me. 
You couldn't see your shoes. A big pointed toes, and you couldn't see them, Josh. Honest, you couldn't. And I had all, you know, I had all the gear, and and, and you know the 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 uh, silk shirts and all that stuff. And and I, wa- I waddled into the and a car I had. I had a car. Not many people had cars in them days. So I thought, this is it. You know, I'll I'll go in there and ask her out. You know, so. You know, I don't know whether you know this, but when people sort of become soccer stars, they get a kind of a walk. Yeah, yeah, they do. They get a walk, you know, somewhere like that. You know, they sort of strut. (laughs) Like that. Well, I'd got that walk, you know. I'd seen Bestie and all them do it, so why couldn't I? So, you know, I'd got this walk, and I I strutted in sort of all confident, and and, and I... uh, I saw the young lady, and she's sitting here today. She's my wife today of 42 years. And, um, yeah, awesome. Get up, dear. Get up, dear. Go on. Show everybody how beautiful you are. Yeah. And uh, we've been married 42 years and had two children, and, and uh, it's been really, uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and you see, I, I thought when I met Pat that this was it. You know, because you see the films, don't you? Come on, you ladies now. Come on. You, you love them romantic films, you ladies. You see the films and, and, they, and they go strolling down the sand, don't they? Have you seen them in slow motion? <laughs> like that. Don't, they do. They do. They go strolling down. And, and you think, that's what I need. We all think that, especially the women. How many times in your dreams have you strolled down the sun with, holding the hand of your lover? It's true. It's true. And that is how it should be. Read Song of Songs. That's how it really should be if you love Jesus. And so we um, eventually got married and, and it's been wonderful. And uh, not all the time. It's been wonderful. But... It was, it was still something that we're missing in my life. I can't explain it when you think you've had everything. And I thought, well, the boots and the, being a professional soccer player, getting married, and what is it? What is it that's missing in our lives? What, what, what are we striving for? And I thought, well, when you get married, you, you, you have kids, don't you? I thought, it must be kids, but it's not. <laughs> it is definitely not. I want to tell you that is that is definitely not kids. And so there were only one thing really left, and, and that were I'd never had the security that I wanted. You know, I was a professional soccer player, and I, I'd moved from certain clubs and one thing and another, and you never had that security that you wanted. And by this time, we were in Australia, and I'd been doing a bit of coaching in Australia's soccer coaching and, and what have you. And, um, but I was ready to get into business. My father had been in business, um, you know, about 50 years in real estate and I wanted to get in, into business and, and have an, uh, 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 something new to aim for in my life, you know. And um, I remember thinking, um, what would what, what be a good business to make me a millionaire quick? That was the thing. You might think that's a bit greedy, and I want to tell you it is. It's greedy. 
But I, that's what I thought. I was this type of guy. I didn't know Jesus. I, I was floating around and I wanted to make a million dollars as quick as I could. And someone said to me, actually, within the, within the soccer realm, he said to me, um, you know, McDonald's is a... Is a you, it's, you can pr- they print money. If you can get a McDonald's, you can print money. They, they, just, they just turn money over crazy. And I said, that'll do me, one of them. And uh, eventually I, I went out and I, we, we got a McDonald's. We ended up having two McDonald's. We ran them for 20 years and, and it's true what they say. It's just true. It's, it's a money-making machine, particularly in Australia. They, they're really incredible in Australia. They, they like doing 35% increases when other businesses are doing incredible losses. It's, a, it's an amazing uh, business. And we were, we were very fortunate. We, we got a couple of them, and, uh, and, we, and we ran them for 20 years. And we had the, the, all the security that I could ever think of that money can give you. Now, when I go back to King Solomon here, he never had any problem, did he, when it came to finance? He's the richest man that ever lived. He had everything. Do you know he had uh, 700 wives? And th- he's laughing his head off, that guy there. Aren't you? Uh, can you see me? Yeah. yeah, that's right. One's enough, did you say? Yeah. 700 wives and, and 300 mistresses. Am I right there, or is it the other way around? 700 wives, and no wonder your mouths are open, 700 wives and 300 mistresses. That's a lot, isn't it? I mean, guys, get your brains around that one. 700. I, I mean, what more could you want than that? There must have been one gooden in there somewhere. <laughs> the, the, 700 and 300 mistresses. Can you believe that? I mean, it, it's not on, is it? That is not. Anyway, he did. He had everything that he could ever wish for, this guy. And, and he, he, he still wrote this incredible piece of scripture. He says, it's all a waste of time unless you know God. It's all a waste of time. I'm telling you that this morning. It's a waste of time unless you know Jesus. April the 13th, 1987, six, 6 o'clock in the morning, I was in my, our dining room watching the golf on TV. I used to watch it early on in the morning at the Masters Golf Tournament, because I think it's the best golf tournament in the world. And I was there at 6 o'clock in the morning, looking at the golf, and my son Danny, he was 13 years of age, he, um, he came into the room, and I said, what are you doing up? You know, only fools get up at that time. And, and he said, Dad, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to school on my bike. And um, I said, well, don't worry about it, I said, I'll, I'll take you. I'll take you. And he says, no, I'm picking my friend up and we're going to school on the bike. Off he went. About 20 minutes later, I had a knock on the door. I went to the door and the person said to me, your son's been in an accident. And I said, what kind of accident? I thought he may have broke his leg or or whatever. And... uh, I said, what kind of accident? He says, it's just down the road. It's not two kilometers from where I live. 
I'm on a, I'm on, we've got acres, 12 acres of land where we live, and, and it's a lonely road, and there, there wouldn't be a, a 200 cars go up that, that road a day in those days. We're talking back in, in 1987. And I said, oh, don't worry. I said, I'll, I'll get in the car and I'll come down there. I shouted to, m- to my wife, Pat, and, and my daughter, Jackie. I said, Danny's been in an accident. I'm just, going to, I'm just going down the road to sort it all out. When I got down there, a, a kilometer away from where I live, there were an helicopter. I don't know how that helicopter got there so quick. It's amazing. There were ambulances. There were people. This is 6 o'clock in the morning, half past 6 in the morning. And, and there were a group of people all surrounding my little boy. I remember they opened up when I came. And I walked in the midst of them. And I looked at my son, Danny, and he was dead. And I remember, I remember looking over his body and thinking, what have I done with my life? It's, I know it's a funny thing to think when your son's dead, but I looked, I just looked and I thought, what have I done with my life? What have I, what have I been playing at? I've lived it for my selfishness. I've, I've been selfish, I've, I've, I've chased money, I've done all the things that I wanted to do. And here I am. The worst thing that could ever happen to a person has just happened. I remember during that day we, we walked around like zombies. People were around our house and there were people called Christians. You've got to remember, I, I want a Christian at this time. And they were all Christians, these people. And I couldn't understand, although I was living in a, a haze, it was like a, false, a kind of a false world. It was unreal. That's the best explanation I can give. And, and they were helping us out with the meals and doing all kind of... And I was saying, why are these people here? Why are they helping? Why, why are they here? And I said, oh, they're just people who want to help you. I just couldn't understand that to be honest, uh, but it obviously it did something inside me at, at that particular time. And so we got over that night and we moved into April the 14th, 1987. It's, it's a good day, April the 14th. It's somewhere around Passover. It's a good day. And uh, I was in a mess. And we, were, we both were, weren't we? We were in a mess. And I remember it got to about 5 o'clock that day. And we were sat at a table in our kitchen. My wife, Pat, was there. And my son, Danny, uh, my daughter, Jackie, sorry. It's the first time we'd been left alone since the accident. And it was a time of reflection. The girls started talking and Pat said something and Jackie said something. I just got to share this with you that our Jackie had been born again 
about nine months previous to this and had been praying for us too. Pat had picked her, used to pick her up at a church similar to this, very similar to this, a church that were on fire for God. And, and Pat used to stand at the back and, and watch it all. And, and God would draw him, Pat, but he wasn't drawing me. I didn't want anything to do with God. And we sat at this table and we started talking and, and Pat said, I'm going to get the Bible out. Someone has given me a scripture. And I didn't even know we got a Bible, to be honest. And she got the Bible out and she read this scripture from uh, John 12, 24. Unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it can't produce fruit. And I got up off the chair. You've got to remember that being born again is a miracle. Do you know that? It's not just a religious thing. It's, being, it's a miracle. And what was happening to me was a miracle. I got up off the chair and I, I just kept saying, that's it. That's it. That's it. And I stood at my window, which overlooks a mountain, and I was born again. God had come into my heart and I knew that everything was okay. Even though my life were in complete turmoil, I knew that it were okay. I knew Danny were okay. I knew we were okay. I knew it were all okay. I don't know how I know it were all okay except to, to tell you that I just knew. I had a peace which passes all understanding. It were a godly peace. And I was born again. I knew nothing about the Bible. I knew nothing about anything except that something had happened to me. And I was born again. It was amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish in a minute, but I just want to read you this letter. And I want to show you just how faithful God is. And we talked a little bit about in the early service about how, faith, how faithful he, he was to Samson. And he is faithful. I want to tell you, if you've got any doubt in your mind sitting here today, I want to tell you he's faithful. He'll never let you down. I don't know why people blame God. It's not his fault. It's mainly our fault. But we were looking through Danny's stuff about two weeks later. And you know how you, you get rid of some of the clothes and, you know, you look through his school bag and the ruler were broken and the calculator was smashed and all that kind of stuff. And we were looking through a, a few of his things and saying, what shall we keep and what shall we throw away? I mean, most of you... I'll have done these kind of things. When we came across the last thing he ever wrote, and I want to read it to you as we finish today. This is the last thing he ever wrote. And it was in his English book. I don't know why, but it was, start, it was starting, to, this was the start of something he, were, he was uh, starting to do, an essay or some, some kind of thing. And he hadn't finished it yet. 
But this is what he wrote. He called it life. And this is what we found. I want you to know that, how important that is. We found this. It was like a letter from God. And it was called life. And it says that, that Jesus died for me. And I can be forgiven for my sin. In life, I'm aiming to get to heaven when I die. The most important thing for me is to become a strong Christian and have Jesus in my heart. I also would like to have a good job in the RAAF as an officer. Wow. It's like a letter from God. And God left us that, I believe, to show us just how faithful he is. And he's not just faithful with, with, with me and Pat. He's, he's faithful with everybody. He is, if we could understand how much he, he loves us. And you might be sat here today and you, you, you may have never met Jesus. I want to tell you what's happened over the 20 odd years since this happened. Is that Jesus has now become my friend. That's what a relationship does. You get a relationship with a person. Eventually, if you keep out, be, relating to each other and keep doing things together, you be, you, he becomes a friend. Yeah. And that's how Jesus should be in your life and in my life. And he's become a friend in my life. And I want to introduce him to anybody. I want, you, I want to introduce my friend to Jesus, if you don't know him this morning. Give you the opportunity to get to know Jesus. It's the greatest thing that I ever did. Well, I don't think I even did it. I think he did it. Yeah. To be honest, I, I believe he did it. He did something in my heart that day uh, that he changed. I, I just went along with it, to be honest. Well, the best thing I ever did was that I went along with it. I, I'd never regretted one second, one minute. And, and I, I want to say this today, and I'm not saying it because I'm, I'm showing off or anything. I love Jesus more today than I did on that day when I first met him. And I loved him with all my heart then. Yeah. But, but when you get to know him, you'll love him more and more and more. You can't help it. it, it, it it's, it's, a, it's a person that you, you can never find enough about. And he was been, he's been so good to us, only Pat, over the years. He, he's... Um, He's guided us and helped us and moved us and all kinds of stuff. And I, I just want to, why don't we just stand up this morning and maybe we just have a little bit of music in the background. And I, I don't know whether there's people here that aren't saved. You, you may never have been born again in this place today. You might never have been born again. You might have come to church and, and you know, you're a good person. Good person, don't get to heaven. Only people that are born again get to heaven. And I want to give you that opportunity to introduce you to my friend Jesus this morning. So why don't we just close, close our eyes and let's just... Just listen to what God's got to say.